Hi, I'm Elizabeth Benoist, and you're listening to Supergirl Radio. McGurk! I Do love typing. Do not mess with my Google Docs, Meeksy. Supergirl Radio is going live every night of the week. How do you <laughs> like it? Is being, becoming a human burrito a plus or a minus? I don't know. It does seem snug. I mean, they say you are what you eat. Kira. I love that. So I do a podcast called Supergirl Radio, and one of our segments is Lena Luther Boardroom or Ballroom. Because <laughs> she looks like a boss in this coat. Nasty Luther, like a different Luther? It's not just Lena being mean? No. <laughs> Helen Slater here. So fun to know that you're hosting a podcast called Supergirl Radio. Welcome to Supergirl Radio, your source for all things related to the CW Supergirl TV series and the character of Kara Zor-El. My name is Rebecca Johnson. I'm Morgan Glennon. And for this episode of the podcast, we are live and wired on YouTube and Facebook with a special guest who is no stranger to longtime listeners of Supergirl Radio. With us this week is Carly Lane Perry, who is a former co-host of the podcast and is back to share her thoughts about how Supergirl wrapped up. Uh, Thank you for joining us, uh, Carly, and, and being back on Supergirl Radio. I had like the biggest deja vu hit me just now <laughs> listening to the theme song again. I was like, oh man, just like, whew, nostalgia big time, right? <laughs> well, we're glad to have you back. Uh, we, after uh, the show ended, we were kind of curious what other people uh, thought about how it went down. And uh, since we hadn't heard your Supergirl thoughts in a while, we thought we would invite you back. We also, just so the listeners know, we also invited uh, Teresa Giacino, but she is not caught up on uh, Supergirl. So uh, we can't have a conversation. We're going to have to rope her around eventually. (laughs) uh, Just yet. Yeah. So whenever uh, Teresa catches up on Supergirl and wants to talk about uh, the girl's deal again, we will have Teresa back on. So one day, Maybe we can have uh, everybody. That's that's kind of the dream. Full is maybe panel. <laughs> have a full panel. Um, so uh, so welcome, Carly. We will get to uh, your thoughts about Supergirl. Uh, but before we do that, uh, we actually need to get to the news. Um, according to TVLine.com, Katie McGraw has booked her first post Supergirl role. The actress will co-star in Stars. Stars's, that's easy to say, <laughs> forthcoming John Wick prequel series, The Continental, as the adjudicator. Um, so the deadline first reported that produced by Lionsgate Television, the three night event takes John Wick fans back to 1975 New York City, where a young criminal named Winston Scott, the flight attendant's Colin Woodall, navigates the city's nefarious underbelly in an attempt to take control of the Continental, a notorious hangout for all manner of ne'er do wells. <laughs> not a word you see often, and I like it. Is that uh, how that's spelled? I guess it is. I, I guess it is. I have to assume. <laughs> With just the little, yeah, sure. Yeah. Get rid of that V. Uh, In addition addition to McGraw, who's coming off a five-season stint as Lena Luthor on CW's Supergirl, the series has also cast Ray McKinnon, who was in uh, Mayans MC, as Jenkins, Adam Shapiro, Never Have I Ever, as Lemmy, and Mark uh, Muhashi, and uh, Marina Mezpa as High Table Assassins Hansel and Gretel. Yes. Sure. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so Carly, uh, have you been keeping up with this news? Are Are you excited to see uh, Katie McGrath in a new uh, John Wick prequel series? 
So, you know, what's funny is um, a friend of mine, we were talking about what her post, her first post Supergirl role was going to be because we were like, okay, clearly she's going to take a break. She deserves it. Have some (laughs) chill time. Like she was clearly doing some vacationing or whatever. If you, if you were kind of like stalking her on Instagram, which I was not, I don't know why you would imply (laughs) that. No, but um, I just remember she was like, definitely like holidaying and stuff. And I was like, good for her. Um, but I feel like this, I don't know if either of you have seen the John Wick movies at all, but the adjudicator I, is someone who's been introduced in, I think it's either really? the second or third John Wick movie. It's the character that's played by Aja Kate Dillon. So they're ah. somebody who, I'm assuming this is like a, just a title that's worn by different characters, but basically the adjudicator is like the person who works for the high table, which is like the organization of assassins. And that's their job to kind of like show up to places that maybe the rules have been broken and kind of like smack people or like kind of be like, you're in trouble a little bit, like be a little bit of the, like, I don't know, like the rule enforcer, I guess is kind (laughs) of the, they're like, they're kind of like the high tables, like representative of, you know, the politics and stuff. And if people have been naughty, like, so I was kind of like, I don't know who's been reading my like tum- personal Tumblr page, but I feel like <laughs> <laughs> I feel like Katie is the adjudicator is like perfect casting. So that's good, good to know. I've heard those movies are really good. I've just I, never I heard seen they're really them. fun. I've never seen them because I can't get over the basic premise of like the dog dying. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's fine that he then goes on like a killing spree, but the fact that a dog dies in the beginning, I'm like, oh, I don't know, man. I don't know if I can do it. <laughs> I mean, if it helps, if it helps, he gets really upset about it. So, like, he does. He does avenge the dog, so that's gonna help a little. And also, then, then there's a new dog that that he adopts that is okay for the oh, rest of the. Oh, thank God! So. Okay, that's that's gonna help. Yeah, it's pretty it's pretty skippable. But um, but yeah, I I, I think this is the one that that who who they had already cast a couple different people. But then they're they're doing another spinoff with uh. Anadarmus, I think they're doing a spinoff yeah. movie that's like about the ballet school that's in like a one of the other John Wick movies, and it's a it's where they train ballerina assassins. I don't so it's know, like a, like a full like Black Widow Red Room situation <laughs> that they've got going. I mean, I just love they keep introducing like more assassins in these movies, and I always love it when movies kind of like the first movie is literally about a guy seeking revenge on his dog and then every other movie since they've been like we're going to build out this whole mythology and world building stuff and I just think that's really funny so there's 10 levels of assassins now <laughs> pretty much pretty much yeah so this uh I, I it's taken place in the 70s so we could potentially mm-hmm. see Katie McGraw work, uh, you know, working, some, working some 70s clothes the boardrooms or ballrooms we're going to have from that are just going to be so that's very exciting if you're a Katie McGrath fan, uh, which we are. So uh, I, I'm definitely going to check this out. I'll have to uh, catch up on the John Wick series and make sure I know all about uh, the various uh, methods of assassins in that mythology. Also, speaking of former Supergirl cast members and their new roles, I'm very excited about this one. Stas Nair, who played William Day on Supergirl, has joined Zack Snyder's film Rebel Moon. Uh, not a lot ha- is kind of known about Rebel Moon so far, but uh, from what I've gathered, the story synopsis for Netflix's Rebel Moon, uh, which was revealed to The Hollywood Reporter, uh, reads uh, as... 
quote, the story is set in motion when a peaceful colony on the edge of the galaxy is threatened by the armies of a tyrannical regent named uh, Belisarius, uh, maybe? Uh, desperate, the colonists dispatch a young woman with a mysterious past to seek out warriors from neighboring planets to help them make a stand. And then uh, apparently there was some additional plot information for the movie that was released in November 2021, uh, saying the film is a, a set in a peaceful colony on the edge of the galaxy that finds itself threatened by the armies of the tyrannical regent Belisarius, which, which uh, we kind of already read. They dispatch a young woman. So basically the same thing. I don't know why the article had two things <laughs> of the same. but it's exactly the <laughs> it's same. It's exactly the same. But basically, there's some rebels and there's a tyrant. And uh, that's what that's about. So pretty excited about that. Uh, I guess I could share this for the uh, viewing audience that, uh, let's see, Zack Snyder himself announced uh, Stasner as part of the cast uh, on his Twitter account. Who else um, is in the cast? I'm so trying to see if I recognize uh, I mean you're Hunter. gonna recognize I was gonna say you recognize a lot of people I think oh yeah, yeah look at that there's some there's some big names in this one uh Charlie Hunnam uh help me out with the uh the next name oh Jamon Hans Jamon Hansu. Hansu yeah uh Duna Bay Ray Fisher um Sophia Batella Jenna Malone E. Duffy, don't know E. Duffy, have to look that up. Uh, Charlotte Magi or Maggie and uh, Sky Yang. So uh, some of these actors Ooh. I know, some I don't. So that's very exciting. And uh, there's also been some uh, uh, some different uh, concept art that's been released for Rebel Moon. So it's got a big ah. cast and uh, there's, you know, some good and evil going on. So pretty excited about uh, that. So I'm glad so to see that, that's a Netflix project. Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, Zack Snyder's cool. been doing a lot of stuff for Netflix since he told Warner Brothers uh, and I quote to suck it. So, uh, <laughs> so that's he literally did that on the late show with Stephen Colbert. So uh, that is that is why he's pretty much exclusively with oh, Netflix a, now. Yeah, they did project. a whole they signed a deal, I think. So he's basically so, like yeah. he and he and Deborah are doing just like Every, I think everything is essentially going to go with Netflix unless, I don't know, unless the deal ends at some point. Yeah, didn't didn't Netflix do a similar thing with, like, Shonda Rhimes, too? That's why they've got, like, Bridgerton. <laughs> yep. And I think they've also, I don't know if they've made a deal with Christopher Nolan, but I think there might be something in the works with Christopher Nolan. I, I can't imagine being Warner Brothers these days. Losing Christopher Nolan and Zack Snyder. Like, what, what are y'all doing over there? <laughs> Warner Brothers, what are y'all doing? Uh, but anyway, so I'm excited about that. And I'm glad to see Stasner get a really big opportunity. Because some some of his uh, time on Supergirl was um, was unfortunate for him as an actor. Because sometimes he would be in an episode where all he did was watch TV for a few minutes. And th that you're was like, you're like, disappointing. Oh. Poor Saz. <laughs> <laughs> he could have done so much more because he's a good actor, I think. So I'm excited to see what uh, he does in the uh, possible, I don't know, space western, space fantasy. Uh, who knows what that's going to end fun. up being That'll like. be very different. <laughs> yeah. So that'll, that'll be good for, for Staz uh, to get that kind of exposure. All right. Well, I guess uh, since we've kind of gotten some news and cast annou announcements out of the way, I guess is uh, once we 
continue to see some of the actors from Supergirl pop up and other things. We'll try to keep everybody updated on that. Uh, but since we have Carly with us uh, to talk about some Supergirl stuff, uh, Carly, if you don't mind, we're, we're just going to kind of walk through some of the seasons uh, that you missed on Supergirl Radio and, and just uh, kind of pick your brain about some things. So I guess uh, the first season that we'll start with is uh, Supergirl Season 3. So uh, in Season 3, we got a lot of things. We got the World Killers. We got Rain. Uh, we got the Legion of Superheroes, which included the introduction of Brainy, who stayed around in the series until it ended. And uh, we also got to go to Argo. So uh, what about season three, Carly, was something that stood out to you or, or something that uh, that you really liked about that season? I mean, it's funny to think about <laughs> season three now feels like forever ago, too. <laughs> it, it was. It was a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> I feel I feel like now, like it's it's hard to envision the show before Brainy because I feel like Jesse Rath has just became such a, I don't just like a pivotal character on the show now that it's like, it's, it's funny to think about like the early season of like how the Legion came back and it was Monel and everybody. And I'll be honest, I was a little worried when they kind of started to go a little love triangle there that like they were <laughs> yeah. going to, it was going to be my <laughs> <laughs> Monel was sliding down that scale from pause to neg. Uh, by the end of season three, the Monel scale for me had exploded. Like it like just imploded on itself oh. because of that love trunk. And I was pretty mom positive for the most part, but but there at the end of season three, I you was You were very, a balance for Monel. And then was, by the end of season three, it was just I was very upset about down. it. So yeah. So I'm I'm glad to hear that uh, I wasn't the only one no. <laughs> problems with the end of that. I liked the beard. Christopher Wood looks really the, nice with a beard. The but beard was green. a great choice. A great <laughs> choice. <laughs> it looked very wise. Yeah. The, I'm like, the beard. Yes. I think they're very, I, I was like, I think he looks good with the beard. I'm happy that he and Melissa are happy in real life. But as a, in terms of the character, I'm not, I was not into that relationship. And there was a part of me that was like, oh, why are they bringing him back just to have, I don't know, they they kind of thread a little bit of I I know ultimately that he ends up you know kind of leaving and going back to the future and having that but it's, it was one of those things where you know it's coming back and seeing the ex right it's the ex but then you also have your new relationship storyline and I was sitting there going please don't insert the drama of you know which they kind of did a little bit but I they was got like, they got pretty close they got close <laughs> and then and then they and then they veered away at the last minute and i was like thank goodness because i don't had, need they had Cara, to toy like with breaking it. up a marriage right <laughs> <laughs> so. well i guess it's okay because by the end of season six monel's never gonna see her again in this lifetime so not ever in this life <laughs> like i win the breakup goodbye <laughs> <laughs> She got brainy and she got brainy in the divorce, which I feel like is a is a is a, is a better is a better I, uh, result. I think so. That is, that is kind of sad. Brainy was probably like Monel, and Monel was like, "Sorry, kid." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So, um, so other than the uh, Monel and the potential love triangle, was there anything else that uh, that you really uh, remember in, enjoying during season three? I liked the rain storyline. I I was a little bummed that um, that we didn't get more beyond the season because I really liked Sam. I felt like she was a nice addition to the ladies and the cast. So, and it also it was the. I feel like it's the whole. You know, you've got almost two sides of yourself kind of storyline where like she has a uh, 
you know, kind of this dark side that she doesn't have control over and doesn't, you know, and then it starts to kind of bleed into her attempts to have a normal life, which I thought was really, I mean, and when you think about it now, it's like, oh, obviously it's a little bit of a metaphor for Kara's trying to like split up Supergirl and (laughs) Kara Danvers, right? Um, So it's just funny that I'm I'm like I'm like retroactively realizing like oh of course they used it as like the more extreme version of you know the two sides of Kara as usual <laughs> so but now I'm trying to rem- oh um what was her name Odette Annable was the actress I thought yes. she was I thought she was great so it was kind of a I was a little bit of a bummer when when she when she kind of you know had to leave the show but yeah i would have kept sam around i think yeah like they, if they there was any regular way. people in the cast and not by the end of course not by the end lena was a witch by the end but <laughs> <laughs> but there was a period of time when you were like allowed to be regular and like chill with the squad and like i feel like that could have been her time so i'm curious morgan so if if sam had stayed around what would she have been doing I don't I don't know. That's a good question. Like maybe she would have helped Lena um, run Elcor. Maybe she would have been like a uh, she would have gotten into arguments with Andrea Roja about like (laughs) how to run a company, not let, you know, evil people take over and try to use it to mind control the world, that kind of (laughs) stuff. I feel like I feel like she would have been a good counterbalance to Lena, like when Lena started to like go off the deep end, like. And like, my friends were mean to me. I'm like, I'm going to mind control the world. And Sam would have been like, maybe we step back. <laughs> maybe we just all step back and take a breather. <laughs> yeah, I guess I'm of a different opinion. Uh, by the end of season three, I don't think you need Sam anymore. But I like the way they handled it, where they they brought Sam back occasionally to have conversations with Lena or, you know, to give her some uh, wise advice. And they brought her back for the 100th episode. So I thought, I thought they did a good job of, of bringing her back, but not, you know, spending a lot of time with her. Um, so, but I loved rain. I was very surprised by how great Odette Annabel was. I, I think rain was probably maybe the best villain on the show. Uh, so uh, she was, she was better than I thought she was going to be. So rain and the world killers were uh, good additions. Did you have any thoughts about the other world killers? Uh, just curious. Now, see now I feel like I'm having my memory tested, which is already bad. <laughs> <laughs> it's already bad as it is. So I'm like, well, oh, well, there was happened? there was Pestilence, who was probably mm-hmm. our our second favorite here on Supergirl Radio, otherwise known as Grace, because uh, she really liked being a world killer. She really liked. <laughs> killing people that was like the one that accepted that she was a world killer like uh, immediately and was like cool i'm good with it <laughs> yeah the, uh the other one uh oh gosh i oh, can't remember well, her name but she was like fighting against it was she was her, like fighting her name good fight against come evil. through come through for us who was the other world, world killer i'm blanking on it myself uh but she she fought it for a while but but grace she she uh she gave it immediately um but yeah so they they were kind of around for a little bit yeah uh, not a lot though i feel like by the, by the time it was kind of more towards the end of that season i feel like they finally started to really and then it was kind of the climax of the season anyway and then it was like oh well we're done with that i guess <laughs> <laughs> was that the season with the kryptonian witches am i remembering yes. that right well the kryptonian ri- ri- uh, like uh the the dumb one stayed around for a little while. Love she would her. come back occasionally, <laughs> um, but but yeah, the the witches were introduced in um, in season three. Yeah, pure yeah, purity was the other one, but I'm trying to remember what her uh, Julia Julia Freeman 
uh, slash purity. That's that was, right. Yeah. I couldn't remember her like normal, her, not her normal, name, long her, human name, <laughs> her, her human name. Uh, yeah. So the, the world killers were a, a great addition. They, they're, they weren't exactly like they were in the new 52 comics. They were very different, but I think they did a good job adapting, uh, adapting it to the world of Supergirl on TV. Um, so let's move on to season four, Carly. <laughs> uh, so what were some things about season four uh, that you thought were, were big standouts or things that you liked? You can also talk about things that maybe you didn't like <laughs> if you have any of those. But season four was the introduction of John Cryer as Lex Luthor, the introduction of Nia Nall and Dreamer. Uh, Manchester Black and the Elite uh, were around. Red Daughter uh, featured prominently there at the end. And Benjamin Lockwood and Agent Liberty, uh, uh, he was around as well. So what about season four kind of sticks out at you? I mean, a lot that you just mentioned. Lex, obviously, is, is a big one, which is funny because I think when the casting was first announced, I'm not sure how sold I was initially on the idea of John Cryer, but like, as we've seen, I mean, I feel like he, his his take on Lex was just so different than anything we've seen before, but worked, worked for the show, I think, specifically. Um, I have mixed feelings on how heavily the show leaned on Lex, though, in later seasons, I, especially, I think there was a little bit of, there was too much of a reliance on him as a character, I think, that the show re- didn't even really need. Um so I, I don't know why you would say that. I mean, it's not like every <laughs> season ended exactly the same way. Uh, it's not like from- the show is called Supergirl, right? Like, <laughs> I, you know, I, I appreciate wanting to have him kind of in their back pocket for stuff. But there were times where I was like, all right, does Lex need to show up for this? Probably not. He was great, but I think there was just an over-reliance on him. Um, uh, Nicole Maines, though, honestly fantastic i think me and all as a character just seeing her growth through the show i feel like she started strong but ended it pretty phenomenally like her journey coming into her power kind of being i i feel like the, the show pulled that off in a way that felt it felt believable i loved the concept too of like kind of the dreamer mantle passing on to the daughter, but then like them subverting it with her, you know, being transgender and then like, like going to the daughter that no one expected it to. Right. Like, I think that was such a clever way to do it. And plus also, I think that I think you could tell that the show was really listening when it came to like ways to kind of thoughtfully portray certain issues like surrounding that. So I thought that was really Plus, she's just a delight on Twitter. So it's like, oh. <laughs> I love Nicole May. I, and, and you could sometimes feel Nicole Mayne's hand there, too. I think that she definitely got in there and had thoughts and op- opinions on what her character was doing, how how Nia should be represented as a transgender hero. But also just like we had uh, we had the pleasure of talking to her one time and we were like, oh, did you know this like thing from the comics? And she was like, I know everything from the comics. <laughs> <laughs> and she did. <laughs> Didn't she, she, write, uh, she wrote a Dreamer comic she did. recently, didn't she? Yeah. Which was an anthology cool. called DC Pride. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. So it was a short story, but um, definitely the first appearance of Dreamer in the uh, in the comics officially. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see more Dreamer pop up in the either in the comics or in some other, you know, venue. I feel like that's it. That was a really good character that they added um, on this show to like the DC mythology in general. 
Plus it was, I feel like good to see a younger superhero because we've seen Kara, you know, kind of have that journey of like coming into her power. And then later, I think the season kind of ended up being her kind of trying to balance her two worlds, her two identities, but she was always kind of the more, I would say, comfortable superhero in her role and kind of was able to provide guidance and mentorship to Nia, which I always really liked. It felt like there was a really nice kind of like, like big sister, little sister relationship between them, which was really cute. Plus I always just liked seeing Nia fall asleep at her desk and then, and then, (laughs) and then realizing that like, it was a power thing, which was really funny, a funny way to kind of introduce that. Like she falls asleep and has visions and stuff. So So good. Yeah, Kara may have mentored her too well, uh, you know, f- not showing up to work sometimes. <laughs> right? She's like not writing stories. I'm like, what are you guys doing? Like, are you writing articles anymore? I don't know what's going on. I remember when they first uh, announced that Kara was going to ha- like be a mentor to somebody. And I was like, ooh, professionally, though, I don't know if that's a great <laughs> idea. And then like by the end of the show, like Nia never is in that building either. And I was like, well, she did mentor her. I mean... <laughs> She did pass down everything she knew. <laughs> she was like, this is exactly what being a superhero is. You don't actually have to show up to work anymore. Step one. <laughs> and Carly, you mentioned some of the issues that the show decided to uh, address. There was there was more of that starting in season four. Season three <laughs> tried to deal with it uh, with the gun control episode, which, oh boy, that was not great. Uh, but they they started trying it with the the gun control episode at the end of season three, and then they started to make it more of a, a season long thing. So how how did you think that the the writing actually um, uh, tried to accomplish that? I feel like so. I feel like it almost you could almost see two different sides to it because I feel like the Nia stuff has was always handled super well, but then like the Agent Liberty Ben Lockwood stuff, I felt like was pretty heavy-handed at times or maybe a little clumsy with like trying to portray that side of things you know with the I also I also just I was like Sam Whitworth you're you're uh you're you're making some choices here that are just (laughs) wild to me but I think they were I think that's the that's unfortunately sometimes with the show like they they have a way of handling things really well and in other storylines you almost feel like they kind of just we're like, we need a metaphor in here for, you know, uh, immigration or whatever. And then it's like, all right, this is a little, this is a little obvious, but. We always used to complain that they like, they worked backwards. So it didn't like always make sense in the world of the show, but they were like, well, here's this theme and we're just going to kind of shove it on top of the show as it is. And it's like, sometimes it worked. And sometimes you were just like, but like Alex has a gun. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, why, why are you so upset about guns when most of the characters like, use guns? The DEO, like <laughs> she's got like her special alien power is like gun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, so what do you think about that, Carly? In terms of like uh, writing and and uh, choosing how you're going to approach a season, do you think it's better to uh, just kind of plot out the season, or do you do you think that the the writing, the way they chose to do it on Supergirl, where they stick, because they always, season four and season five and se- season six, I shouldn't say always, those three seasons, they they announced a big theme that they were going for, and then they would kind of write around that. Season four was, oh, what was the theme of season, season four? four? I want to say that it was something about journalism, which seems <laughs> weird 
in hindsight thinking about it because I was like, don't feel like that much journalism happened there. And then season five was definitely technology, like the evils of technology. Yes. <laughs> Look, there's Beaker. Beaker hi, hi, Beaker. <laughs> Beaker has some hot takes to share. <laughs> yeah, season five was uh, technology. Season six was power. I want to say season four was also connected to fear, maybe. I think I remember them saying fear a lot. Um, so ha what do you think about that approach, Carly, to, to start from a, a theme and then write all of the episodes of the season sort of around that? I feel like it's there's nothing necessarily wrong with that approach. Like if you know you want to tackle that on the show and then talking about, I think there's something really interesting in the approach of like, okay, we know we want to address this theme of like journalism or misinformation or like whatever, and then talk about, I think the thing you have to remember is like how that, how each character is going to be impacted by that theme or what shape that theme is going to take in their life specifically, as opposed to, I think sometimes this is something that just like fiction writing, like TV or movie writing runs into that's a problem in general. Not This isn't something specifically indicative of Supergirl, but like I have noticed, I did notice this on the show where the script puts them in a place because it needs them to be there and not because the character would have made the, the character would have made a decision that makes sense for them to be there. Like yeah. I was watching a movie the other, I was watching a movie the other night that I can't talk about because it's has not come out yet, but you could very clearly tell that the script positioned these characters in a certain scene to not leave this setting because they were supposed to stay there and something bad was going to happen to them. The next, the next thing has to happen to them. And so that's right. why they go to this location. And it's like, yeah, I, I, I see that. I've seen that a lot in fiction in general. I, I do think it's hard to like, you know, we kind of overstate cause we're just like watching the show and going like, I don't know, but it is kind of hard to like, if you pick a big theme and then you have like seven characters, like how are you going to tie like seven different ongoing storylines into a theme? And so sometimes you would get these episodes where you're like, why is Alex doing that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that was something that they they tried to to do every season. And it felt very it was definitely very different because the showrunners had changed at the end of season three. So it was a different writing approach because of the people who were now show running it versus uh, the showrunners of the early season. So it was a, it was a different approach. Uh, I personally didn't care for it uh, just because I don't think the, the seasons were as strong doing it that way, but it is, I, you know, if you, if you try to do it right, I, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. Uh, but uh, the way they went about it was not, uh, not necessarily my personal favorite. <laughs> I'm interested on uh, what you thought of like the Red Daughter stuff because I was looking at I was looking at the doc and I was like, oh my god, Red Daughter. That's right, that happened <laughs> in season four, and I thought that was going to be a, a bigger deal than it ended up being. <laughs> I feel like for what we got, though, I was personally very moved by that storyline. I felt like Melissa really sold the character as kind of someone that you could see as what would have happened to this character if she had been raised in very different circumstances, right? Like what would her life have been like if she dropped in to, was it Kaznia was the fictional country? I think, right? I think so. um, as opposed to, you know, wherever she, well, I can't remember the, where did they grow up? Uh, the name of the town. Um, yes. 
if she had dropped, but you know, if she had dropped into Cassie instead of Midvale, you think about like nature versus nurture, the concept of like how, how we're raised shapes us into the person that we become in a sense. Like some of it is, you know, choice and, and free will, but some of it is definitely like the environment that we grow up in. Um, and so, but it's also interesting to see, like, it was interesting to see the traits of, Kara that still came through even though Red Daughter had grown up like her kind of having those instincts to still want to do the right thing in the end which I thought was really like she's always going to kind of be inherently good in a sense and so there was a part of me that was like when they had to when they had to merge back together I was like I got a little emotional like I'm not gonna lie but it was also like okay Kara's whole again this is you know her full personality so yeah there's there's a there's a a scene where uh, Red Daughter goes back to try to rescue Mikhail, the little boy that she had befriended in Kaznia, and it was just devastating when she thought he had died, and uh, she kind of fell apart and was angry and sad. And Melissa's performance there was just uh, was you know to your point very moving. Um, but she, she made that very real and made you, or at least made me, uh, feel feel a lot for Red Daughter, even though she had initially started kind of being on the bad side of things with Lex Luthor. Um, there were some great uh, Supergirl traits that she still had instinctively uh, because she was tied to Kara. So uh, I think they did a good job of of bringing that out towards the end. I like the parallels that they drew too, because she says that like she has her own Alex, but it turns out it's Lex Luthor. And like, <laughs> how different would your life be if you didn't have Alex Danvers, uh, like in your corner, but instead you had Lex Luthor? It's probably like a much different vibe. I guess Lena <laughs> could relate. And she's like, he just never will let me ride my horses in peace. And. <laughs> Yeah, so the Red Daughter aspect of season it started very slowly. They sort of teased her a little bit at the beginning, but she doesn't she doesn't really come back uh, much until sort of the middle to the end. So uh, they took their their time with Red Daughter, but I think it ended up uh, being pretty impactful by the end of it. All right, so let's talk about season five because uh, this is a. Uh, this is a season for me personally that I think is the weakest. Uh, we have, and we'll, uh, Carly, we'll, we'll, at the end, we'll have you rank the seasons because I'm very curious about your, oh, your ranking. Okay. Season five so would probably hard. be at the, at the, at the bottom for me, but I'm curious how your ranking would come out. So season five had uh, Leviathan, sort of. Uh, it had uh, Rama Khan, it had Jimma Cooper. Uh, slash Gamemne, who we nicknamed Pencil Skirt. And it also introduced Andrea Rojas uh, slash Akrata and had the theme of uh, technology and the VR. So, uh, Carly, what did you think about season five? Oh, man. What a, what a, what a, I don't, <laughs> just a variety. No, I, I feel like, and, and the funny thing is, I think I started, I had kind of fallen off watching and I think I had picked up with season five and watched, you know, straight through, um, after that. So I was able to kind of like binge it a little, I feel like Leviathan as a, as a unknown threat was more terrifying than as like, as advertised than what we ended up getting, <laughs> like, I don't know. It, it, it was like going into season five, it was this mysterious entity that we knew nothing about that was almost scarier. But then once we had the actual like knowledge of who Leviathan was, I was like, Oh, it's just like ancient, 
like beings or whatever, I guess, that are also <laughs> just like really cranky and, you know, it's and it's Mitch Pelegi from X Files. <laughs> like, okay. It's it's just ancient Skinner and he's mad. He's still mad. Right. <laughs> right. And I was like, okay, sure, I guess. I think I mean I it was I wouldn't say disappointed. I just feel like it was it was scarier when you didn't know who they were and it was and it was scarier when you saw other people being scared of them on the show. Um so there was that. But then I also feel like Andrea Rojas, other than giving me like Lena Luther, Indiana Jones energy with the flashback stuff, yeah. which was probably the best part. Love that episode. <laughs> um, uh also a little bit of a letdown like I feel like they introduced her with the powers and then kind of only have in the in the remaining seasons had her use them when it was appropriate for her to use like like I like we said before about the script needing her to use the powers for some reason so she uses the powers you know later like I think isn't she the one that that finds uh what's his name uh poor Stas later oh, William Day ah. yeah yes that's her, right? She she kind of comes in and finds him because she's used her darkness shadow powers or whatever they <laughs> whatever they are to like you know to like it, it's like it's like I don't know the, I don't know the word for it, but she like goes in and out of she travels in and out of the yeah it's like sha- the shadows like I guess like shadow travel yeah like it's like teleporting kind of yeah. Thing. It was really strange. I always, every time that she would do it in later seasons, I would go, oh, that's right. She's got superpowers. But like, that was, it was never a thing that they developed with her. So she would only ever use them when she needed to like steal somebody's diary. Right. Like I need to, <laughs> I need to get notes and from a room <laughs> yeah. or break into a safe because the script needs me to have access to these things or whatever. She it was fun to see like the other way. Like, look, I'm never going to complain about Lena Luther backstory stuff. Uh, <laughs> And I think I think that um, the I liked the friendship with Lena and Andrea, but I also think that like there was only there were times when like again they would have weird falling outs and then like be friends again, and you'd be like, wait, when are they friends? Are they friends now? Like I can't keep track. <laughs> so she was uh, she was also a character that made me personally bitter as somebody who works in like media and journalism and like took over uh took over catco and was like we need to you know get our get our ratings up so here's what we're gonna write about and i'm sitting here going this is too real this is too real (laughs) (laughs) carly's like sweating my favorite favorite one was she's like we are the third we're ranked third and we have to be second i was like Ranked third on what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what the webpage, uh, webpage.gov or something? Like, what are you talking? What rankings? It's not the Billboard Hot 100. <laughs> but yeah, I was like, it, it was just, I mean, I'm sure part of it was because the writers know that, you know, there are companies that are like always trying to retool their strategy and like, or like pivot to video or stuff. And it's like, <laughs> and it doesn't end up working out. And you're like, and you're just sitting there going, it's too real. It's too close to reality. I don't like it. yeah if she had pivoted to video i would have probably complained less that i would like oh okay this this does feel quite real that would have made more sense in season five with the theme of technology or something or she's like we're all in the metaverse now (laughs) (laughs) that would have actually been very appropriate a pivot to video during the technology but i guess they pivoted to vr is what they did they did i guess they were kind of ahead of the the curve (laughs) (laughs) 
people are dying in VR. It's no big deal. Um, so uh, you made a good point, Carly, about Leviathan. Uh, uh, and uh, Daryl says in the chat, uh, Margo, uh, old lady Margo at the end of uh, season four, definitely oversold Leviathan uh, when she was like, Leviathan is everyone. Leviathan is everywhere. And I was like, oh, okay. That's, right. You think it's like creepy. some, yeah, like some, you think it's some like insidious widespread presence. And then it turns out it's just a bunch of like old cranky people with powers. <laughs> <laughs> and then it, there's like Leviathan is everyone, but it's really just again, it's it's really just Skinner from the X Files. Right, it's two people. <laughs> they're, they're like Leviathan is everyone, but then it, by the end of season five, Leviathan is no one. <laughs> we, we never found out who, Levi who the head of Leviathan was either. They were just like they just kind of like petered out at the end. They're like, oops. Oh well, we'll never know. <laughs> they made a big deal about who the who the head of Leviathan was. It was a she, but that's all we know about her. Uh, so uh, good for her, I guess. Uh, she remained also, anonymous to the, the bitter end. Also, the the special effects I remember on on old Skinner's uh, powers looked real bad, real real bad. They weren't the best. No, <laughs> you weren't you weren't a big fan of the the dirt throwing power, <laughs> the dirt piles. You his, yeah, his rock his rock throwing or dirt throwing. <laughs> whatever it was. Oof. Yeah, he, he was at least a different character uh, for the show. It was a, it was a different. Uh, you know, power set. It was something. Something they were mixing it up, I guess, a little bit. But <laughs> that's a very generous read of it. <laughs> <laughs> they at least tried something new, I guess. <laughs> uh, so I guess that takes us to season six, which is the final season of the Supergirl TV series. So, Carly, I'm just curious what what were your your hopes and dreams and aspirations for the show going into season six? How how did you hope that it was going to uh, wrap up? Oh, hopes and dreams. Um, I guess I didn't really have anything other than I, everybody kept hyping it up from the cast. And I remember Melissa giving some interview that was like, I'm really happy with how Kara's story ended up. And there was a part of me that was like, look, I just want her to be happy. Like, but then I was also like, God, I hope they don't bring back Monel, you know, because there had been rumors that Christopher Wood was going to come back. And then like, you know, in the 11th hour that like she would have a, like a romance, like in the finale for no reason or what, you know what I mean? Like some, some, someone get that we'd already seen, like get shoehorned in so she could have a boyfriend. And I was just like, Oh, like if anything, I was just like, you know what? I'd rather her not, if she's going to have anything that's at the end of the season, I'd rather not have it be like an 11th hour love interest. I'd rather it just be her being happy. <laughs> So in that sense, I, I actually liked the ending that we got of the show uh, because I was like, well, Kara feels like she's at the most complete version of herself in terms of embracing both sides of her identity in terms of uh, finally being open to the world about herself. Also, it's always good to see Kat Grant again. So I was super pleased that they brought her back like specifically for the finale just to <laughs> even though I was like I was like it, it was pretty funny that she basically just offered Kara a job like from the beach um <laughs> <laughs> which feels like cat it felt like cat but also goals <laughs> yeah still calling her Kira which I that made me emotional honestly like Calista Flockhart still calling her Kira and then also like realize of course she knew that she was Supergirl the whole time so it was like that was kind of a nice, it felt like a nice full circle moment because we didn't, we haven't had Kat on the show since season one, right? So like, 
yeah before the show moved to the cw so it was like she showed up at the end of season two for like one or two episodes but not like as a main so it it was a nice kind of way for like it felt like a full circle moment of cat grant being the one to break the to do the big reveal you know the big press reveal of cara danvers is supergirl kind of thing she was supergirl's first uh interview so the exclusive exclusive. yeah so yeah, so uh, so we we talked a little bit about Kara's ending. How, how do you think uh, things wrapped up for other characters of the show? I, I think we previously mentioned uh, Lena Luther taking a turn as a witch. Uh, so so Carly, <laughs> what, what did you think about that reveal that uh, that she got magical uh, uh, powers by the end of the show? I mean, it's really funny to me that like however many years after Merlin and they're still trying to make Katie McGrath like just do spells and say like nonsensical magic words on TV, honestly. You're a wizard, Katie. (laughs) I I was just like, what? as much as I was excited, like, oh, which which Lena, like, that's kind of cool, but also, like, it made no sense. <laughs> <laughs> it's a hard one to get mad at, because it's actually so ridiculous. It, it, it almost comes back around to being charming. You're like, it doesn't make any sense. Why right. are you doing this? Like, okay, so her mom, her birth mom was a witch, I guess, and which her birth mom is also Katie in a terrible wig, <laughs> which is one of the funniest things I've ever seen. I was like, they put Katie in that god-awful wig to, t- to do flashback scenes and take pictures as her own mom. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. I guess there was also a part of me that was like, I did, I did like the, I felt like also it was more of the like found family kind of firming up because you get not only the Alex and Kelly wedding, which was super cute, um, but also like Lena getting to be godmother. And then, you know, it just felt like everybody's kind of like the family is kind of clicking. Although I was like, if Nia and Brainy aren't officially together, (laughs) by the finale i'm gonna like i do think they were kind of starting to reconcile but i was like are they officially together can we just say it please like are they a couple i guess they are right i don't know there's nothing to like disprove that they're not but i felt like they kind of had a breakup and then flirted with getting back together like especially when they went back to midvale in the past there was that whole kind of thing between them that never really felt resolved to me but i was like they're together right they're da- they aren't they together at the wedding i guess i don't know they kept it very nebulous i feel like i was like i think they're together but if you asked me i couldn't tell you when that happened that they got back together <laughs> yeah i don't know it was very it was odd that that it was like never confirmed officially but also i they're so cute like <laughs> Nicole, Nicole and Jesse are super cute together. So I was like, I don't, why not? Why not this? I don't, can we have this please? So, I mean, as much as have this nice thing, please. Honestly, I was, I was sitting there going as much as the rest of the season did not make sense to me. Uh, I just care about the relationships and and how everybody's kind of in a good emotional state at the end. That's all I want. Like, I don't want anybody to be sad or, you know, what, what were your thoughts on, uh, uh, towards the end of the season, they 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 made this big deal about Brainy needing to go back to the future to to join up with the Big Brain, and he was going to make this big sacrifice, and then that never happens. Yeah, so never I, does. Uh, yeah. What, what was what were your thoughts about that? I I have to wonder. I mean, 
I guess it was the whole, well, and then there was the part where he was, had to like turn his emotions off too. Right. To like be more effective or like, I don't know. I bet there were times where I was like, the writing's just a mess. <laughs> season, six, <laughs> season six was so messy. Like just trying to keep track of the all stones. Oh my oh, God. Yeah. Right? Oh, on, any, no. on any given week. I was like, Jesus. <laughs> Let's let's get in let's get into that because I'm curious about your thoughts about the Allstones. So, um, so uh, it sounds like it was just as difficult for you to follow as it was for us to follow. Yeah. Well, and then it was like they got half of them and then they lo- lost them or something. I don't. And then I'm just sitting there, and then and then the all like I guess it, at the end it didn't even really matter that. <laughs> that they, <laughs> I don't know. And then and then it was like. Kara failing the trials for the Allstones too and then that was such a big deal but then later it wasn't a big deal like it was fine that she didn't pass the <laughs> test or whatever I don't know it was honestly it was probably the aspect of the season that I paid the least attention to because at one point I was just like I can't follow this anymore <laughs> I feel like it's just the it's just the the totem thing was just like I this is uh, this is all over the place for me <laughs> I remember there was one episode of the podcast where we were like, I think the totem thing like almost broke me that that episode. It was something about like they changed the rules of the totem like midstream. And I was like, wait, I thought I understood this thing. And like <laughs> I was trying to like plot out like you would see like a television character with like a board. <laughs> like I was like, wait, if this is this, then like how is this that? And then I just realized like the rules, they were just making them up literally like not even episode to episode. It was like scene to scene the rules would change and i just like oh if i could just like i'll just like, let go of this being like a logical plot i'll just like <laughs> go with the tide and after that it was fine <laughs> yeah yeah once uh once Kara threw the hope totem into the sun i was like you know what i don't care about this anymore <laughs> whatever this is this is uh not a thing once that- she was like yeah i i'm gonna throw this away so you can't have it right and then you're just like okay sure of all the totems to throw into the sun that might not have been the right choice um so i guess since we're talking about the totems i'm very curious carly why do you think that uh lex and nixley uh had lizard faces what's what's your theory <laughs> this is the one that's gonna haunt me <laughs> the random when do they faces. when do they have they have the lizard it's in the it's in the finale it's in the finale they, they, they both i think have parts of the all stone and they're fighting each other and then their faces randomly become lizard faces for an unexplained reason and, and so it happens really knows. fast too so it was like you'd be excused for almost forgetting or just being like did i hallucinate that I almost wonder if it, yeah, I almost wondered if it was something like using the, using the all stones was warping them somehow or twisting them into something not human. I mean, Nixley was not human, but like they were being changed because of using it in a way that it wasn't supposed to be. I don't know. Maybe it was like, or like a corrupting thing, maybe. Mm. I, that's kind of, that was, (laughs) but they never explain it. it, So. I don't know the corrupting like force of the of the all stones that you know would would turn them or something. I guess I don't know. That's that's a pure theory that I has no 
basis in anything. <laughs> I feel like it was almost there, like maybe there was some longer version of the finale and they were like, oh, no, no, the, the lizard thing is like, we got to cut the lizard thing. It's like, we need to get to like the other stuff. But then they forgot to cut like the one scene. <laughs> and like, oh, no, the lizards made it in, huh? I was like, maybe no one will notice. <laughs> yeah, that was an unexplained moment in the finale. And uh, I just like to ask people what their theory is <laughs> on that. Since we I don't feel like the answer. lizard faces is like is going to become the Supergirl radio, like Rorschach test. Where <laughs> what do you tells- think the lizard faces <laughs> meant? Exactly. What it says about you when you think the lizard faces. <laughs> exactly. Uh, let's see who. Uh, what characters have we not talked about in terms of uh, season six? I'm actually curious since you brought up Cat uh, Grant, Carly. What did you think about uh, revisiting Midvale in season six and getting to meet? Uh, young CJ Grant. Oh, super fun. I always like, I always like, um, like getting to see, well, I, I loved the, when it was Midvale, what, I don't remember what season was it four when they did Midvale the first time with Cara and Lena three season three, Cara and Lena, Cara and Alex, Alex. Yeah. <laughs> um, Cara and Alex. Um, and the actresses who played the two of them in their young roles, especially the actress who plays young Alex is, is, fantastic so i was super excited to get to go to go back it felt very back to the future with with uh brainy and nia having to go to midvale and but also like whoever played um whoever played young cat graham was fantastic too because i was like well you can just tell that she she must have watched Callista's take and then but also did it did just good enough of a cat grant where it didn't feel like she was just doing a jokey impression it felt very much like, oh, you can see the cat that she's going to become, but this is still the young kind of intrepid reporter who's has to chase down a story and like isn't sitting behind a desk in a, you know, isn't the big boss yet. So that was kind of a fun. Plus, it was the fun antics of like her stumbling into like a greater conspiracy and then everybody kind of having to like avoid her for stuff. <laughs> but then you, but then you realize you're like, Oh man, maybe this was the, I, the, 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 I feel like my brain can never fully grasp like the time, the time travel effects of like what happens when somebody goes back and like, when does it change? And then when does it have an effect on the person in the present? Uh, how, how past affects present rules and all this stuff. So I'm always like, okay, well, I guess you could kind of say that the Midvale stuff like made her think a little bit more about <laughs> aliens or something in a right. But then it's like, but then how does it, how does the time travel rules work when back in season one, they hadn't gone back to Millville yet or had they always gone back to Midvale? Like it's, I, my, I always get so bogged down with trying to figure out like how the rules apply. Yeah, so. that I, I I try not to think about that too hard. <laughs> if you go down that route, uh, it, if you really think about it, all they had to do is go, go back in time to before Lex sent Car to the Phantom Zone. That's really what they should have done, uh, but instead they chose to go back to her high school years and then get <laughs> and then get something to right. track her to go to the, the like Zone. the like most complex. Well, and I think <laughs> I don't know what the timing was. Um, with Melissa being pregnant, I almost wonder if it was a, she's pregnant and is having a baby. So we need to like give her time off. Uh, 
So I think that's probably why the Midvale stuff happened where it did, because it was like, we can only hide Melissa Benoist's baby bump for so long before, you know. (laughs) Yeah, it definitely seemed like it was a maternity leave thing. I just wish they had gone the extra mile to say, oh, there's there's a reason why we can't just go back to the fortress and stop Lex from sending her to the Phantom Zone. That would have been my fix to it, but... Uh, but yeah, so the timey-wimey stuff is a little difficult. But uh, but Eliza Helm, as you mentioned, uh, who played young C.J. Grant, uh, she definitely did study uh, Callista Flockhart and her mannerisms and, and tried to really bring her to life at a younger age. So I thought she did a really great job. And I was curious um, how young Kara gets to Catco. She has this interaction with young C.J. Grant in Midvale in that episode. How does she then want to go work for Cat Grant? That was always kind of my question. <laughs> like, she she almost had you arrested uh, <laughs> and and outed as an alien. Why would you go work for like, her? That's what right. that has sass. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> so that's a big uh, time travel question that I have. Um, uh, one part. Well, I guess there are two things uh, that we really hadn't touched on about season six yet that were pretty prominent. Um, Carly, what did you think about Nixley, the fifth dimensional imp who was uh, sort of the big bad for most of the season? Yeah, I mean, Nixley is kind of funny because I feel like she never struck me as a villain in the sense of of. I guess she always, to me, felt like more mischievous than I'm. I'm diabolical and super, you know, thumb twiddling and like I'm gonna, you know, take over the world kind of <laughs> stuff. Like she, I, to me, she always, and I think this has to do a lot with. Um, can't remember the name of the actress, but she always played it very like impishly, right? Like you'd get the sense of of. I think the I think I feel like the actress always always played her a little like a little tongue in cheek all the time. She was never, you know, maybe a little like over the top, but in a good way. Um, but then at the same time, I was like, this is the villain for season six, like the last season too, I guess. I don't know. It was a little. And then once again, Lex. Like... <laughs> <laughs> uh, playing playing a romantic twist at the end with Nixley. Uh, what did you, what did you think about that? I mean, it was super funny, but at the same time, I'm sitting here going, there's no way that he's serious. Like, I, the, the entire time I felt like he was using as a double cross, but then it came out that he wrote in his little diary that he... <laughs> he was writing his little love poems. He had his little, like, <laughs> diary that, like, leaked, and and um, and then everyone was laughing at him, which I, that, to me, was super funny, where there that, was, like... That's his why little... he murdered William Day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He was like, you leaked my crush journal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that was definitely uh, a, a way to end it, I guess. I, I was a little disappointed by that. I, I wish Nixley had gotten to stand on her own as a, also, as a villain. Also, the way that they deal with her is just sending them back to the Phantom Zone again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. In like two seconds, they, they line everybody up in this huge battle. And then less than a minute later, they're like, bye. Yeah, they they uh, turn into lizards and then they go to the Phantom Zone. That's and then off they go. go. (laughs) (laughs) Case closed. Yeah, so that was uh, the 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 big bads for uh, the final season. Uh, One of the bright spots uh, that we thought, at least, were the bright uh, one of the bright spots of season six was little Esme. Uh, So, Carly, what did you think about Esme uh, on the the final season? Yeah, 
She's so cute. I also was like super happy because Alex has always wanted to have kids. I don't think she was ever in a place in previous relationships to have a kid. And then with Kelly, I think they probably were thinking, oh, this is going to happen, but just not right away. And then I loved the unexpectedness of like, we found this child and the moment, the moment when they make eye contact, like getting ready to say goodbye to her and, and Kelly and Alex make eye contact and you can just tell that they're both like, Oh, she's coming home with us. I was like, (laughs) it was so good. I, I mean, Kyler is honestly, I think still one of the best parts of the show has been since the beginning. Um, But it felt like such a good, it felt like a good step for her, like to kind of take the next step as a mom and also like a mom uh, of a, of a, a girl with superpowers, which is again, like, I think, I think a character choice that made a lot of sense, especially because it led to some really interesting conflict with Kara, like, in terms of, well, this is how I want to raise my child. And I think I know how to raise a kid with superpowers, but then also Kara speaking from like personal experience of having superpowers and maybe not always, maybe not always intervening in the right way. But I think as much as I don't like to see the Danvers sisters fighting about anything, I think they both came at it from positions that made sense. And I think it's also the kind of thing too, where you're like, it's a fight. It was a fight where you could definitely see where, each of them were coming from. Um, but then it was like, <laughs> I was saying they're going, I don't have them fighting and like in a bad place for, you know, the rest of the season or whatever, especially cause it was like, there's so many other things going on that you're like so many other irons in the fire that you're like, really they're fighting now. Okay. Well <laughs> they better make up. And I think they actually, the one fight they got into about it, they made up by the end. So it was, it wasn't like it was over an episode, you know, longer than an episode. It was, we're going to, we'll patch things up. So. Yeah. I was curious about your thoughts about how the Danvers sisters uh, ended uh, because that was such a big part of the show towards the beginning. And it sort of, the the show didn't seem as interested as them uh, at, uh, interested in them as sisters uh, as the show progressed. Um, So I was, I was curious about that. So thanks for, thanks for hitting that uh, instead of me having to ask. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, th- I think that, I think they sort of ended well, uh, but it, it, they did have some quarrels there. Um, so Carly, was there anything in, in terms of Supergirl mythology or just things that were parts of stories that you didn't see that you wanted to see? Was there anything that you wish the show had done that they didn't do? Hmm. I mean, I'm sad we didn't get any super horse. <laughs> Comet the super horse. Yeah, I, I told one of my friends about the Comet the Super William is Comet the Super Horse theory, and we <laughs> that ended up being an a, a inside joke between us for the rest of, <laughs> of the show. We would have taken a comet in any form, any form that horse wanted to come oh, to us in. Man, <laughs> so funny. So close yet so far away. They mentioned Lena like uh like having horses all the time, but none of them were comet. <laughs> they could have done it. They could have done it. 
or like a streaky. Well, did they have a streaky reference? Maybe not. I'm they not had really a streaky sure. in season three. It was not yeah. a super powered cat, but uh, there was a cat named streaky. streaky. That's right. Okay. I don't know if there was anything specifically. I also feel like I'm not super as versed in the in the comics or any of the backstory that I could point to and be like, well, they didn't put that in, so it's garbage. <laughs> <laughs> I just feel like I feel like season six was I think part of the problem was season six was partly in a time, you know, with filming where Melissa couldn't be as involved because of her own very valid real life commitments. Um, and I do think that as a result, there were things that probably sh- like didn't get a chance to be as tied up as they could have been too. So, or there were times where it was like, it was clear that they had to have Kara not on the show because Melissa couldn't be there or whatever. Um, so I don't know. It's also hard too, because like, as much as you want the show to keep going, you also have to think about the fact that being a lead on a show like this is so exhausting and how much effort you have to put in day in and day out. And like, so I feel like I sympathize with the, I've had a, I've had a baby and I'm a mom now and I want to focus on being a mother and like having a family Um, and, and not being able to do that, you know, and also be like the lead of a major TV show at the same time. So as, as sad as I was to lose the show, I feel like we lost the show for a good reason. And it was Melissa being like, I'm, I've decided to, you know, move on. And, and it wasn't like, Oh, Supergirl's canceled. You know, that's it. We don't get any chance to wrap things up. You know, season five was it or whatever. They kind of were like, okay, we're going to, I can't even imagine like that would have been it. So at least see if season five was the end of the show. Oh boy. I just feel like I, right. Can you imagine? Um, So I think, I think getting to come back and do one final season, like there's, there's a part of me that can be grateful for that, but then also like, it's a little bit of a bummer that you can't do more. So, but also I'm like, well, it's good to see. I like that the, that the show ends with Kara happy and Kara, you know, coming out and, and, and being public with her identity. But also, like, it's, diff- it's also so tough, too, just to think about, like, what the landscape of film- making television right now is like and how COVID has impacted everything and how, yes, as someone's saying in the comments, like, production had to be shut down for various shows, not just Supergirl. And then when it came back, like there were things that were, you know, there were things that had to be changed probably because of COVID protocols and things that you can't necessarily. Yeah. You can't necessarily do on a show where you're trying to like have everybody, you know, pay a certain distance from each other. So you think about like how that has unfortunately impacted just how we have to make television now. Um, unfortunately, while this is like still happening. <laughs> so um, I, I also understand like from that perspective, you know, that pr- I would say probably there were a lot of reasons that I'm sure the writers didn't get to do everything they wanted to do either, you know, either because of budget reasons, COVID reasons, actor availability reasons. Like there are so many things that happen behind the scenes that I think, people just don't think about a lot of the time in terms of what can affect production. So, but 
I also can't, I can't fault any, the show for at least giving me an ending where I feel like it was a good resolution for the character in spite of the fact that maybe like the season itself was bumpy and there might've been some uneven things like I, it, it felt, <laughs> I heard, I heard a cat. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's just, that's Bunsen. He has, oh, that's Bunsen. A, he's agreeing. He's like, mm-hmm. you know what? Television production schedules are hard. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I, I, I think, I think Kara choosing finally to embrace both sides of herself after seasons of being like, I don't know if I want to focus more on Kara or Supergirl. Well, the answer is, Kara is Supergirl and that's you know but I would also have loved to have seen like a Kara uh having to lead Catco but also like being people knowing that she's Supergirl now that would have been kind of a fun a fun like I feel like it was that's a storyline that could have could have led to some fun drama of like like being a being publicly like you know a superhero now yeah, I felt like they left us in a weird place where I was like, well, I want to see that season. I want to see the mm-hmm. season where everyone knows who she is. And uh, we'll, we'll never know. Uh, but uh, I'm sure I'm sure it would go real sm- smooth, you know, just smooth all around for her family, <laughs> no for her friends. I'm sure she would just have so, uh, so many easy, easy days there as Supergirl and <laughs> the editor-in-chief at CatCo. Um yeah, so I think they did kind of get to an endpoint that was mostly satisfying uh, in terms of Kara, even though kind of the, the season that was leading up to it was uh, very head-scratching. But I think you make a good point, uh, Carly, that they at least they at least got part of it right. And I think the, uh, the ending for Kara is probably, my speculation is that's what Melissa Benoist was talking about, that she was happy with uh the way things ended for car that's my speculation we don't know we'd have to ask uh, melissa at, so- at some point if we ever get a chance to speak to her about that um but i think that's you know that's a good place to end for her and don't sell yourself short carly about supergirl mythology you know about kryptonian <laughs> werewolves you know right. about snapper car you true. know about eliza danvers and her missing hand so you know plenty about supergirl <laughs> comics so don't sell yourself short and did we ever tell you that we found out the answer to why eliza was missing a hand no, I don't think so. Oh, yeah. So one of our listeners actually asked uh, Steve Orlando. We didn't have the guts to do it, but one of our one of our listeners uh, actually tweeted to Steve Orlando to ask him about you know why why is Eliza missing a, a right hand? And he said it was his way of honoring a friend of his who had a disability. Okay. Um, so uh, totally not explained in the story, but a beautiful sentiment. Uh, it, wish that had been on the page, though. Uh, so, so, uh, so uh, a later in rebirth, Eliza got her hand back. Oh, okay. miraculously. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but that was uh, the reason for that. So, I just, I, I thought we should, you know, since that was a mystery back in the day, I thought we should uh, clear the air there. But, but you know, plenty about Supergirl comics and Supergirl mythology. So, <laughs> I just wanted to encourage you about that. Uh, let's see. Um, I guess this is where we will have you rank the seasons of the show. So I guess, uh, I guess start with your, your top tier and then, uh, go to your, to your bottom. Oh man. Um, hmm. I feel like, oh, (laughs) I mean, I think one and two 
are probably pretty up there for me. Um, I also think four is good because of how many characters it introduced. So probably is like up there is like one, two, four, three is probably a little under that. And I'm trying to remember what else. I feel like I, I honestly, I think five and six are probably pretty evenly at the bottom for me. So that's kind of my, it's not really a ranking. It's more of like a pyramid. <laughs> it's, like an, <laughs> it's like an upside down pyramid. I, Cause I feel like one, two and four are the strongest in terms of like, not just characters introduced, but storylines. And then I think three falls kind of just under that. And then five and six are pretty, pretty on par for, having not great stuff (laughs) (laughs) that's a that's a fair ranking i appreciate that so uh i know that's tough to do because it's it's tough to kind of go back and look through that and try to weigh everything but i think that's a that's a fair way to rank the 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 show so uh good ranking uh order and uh before we let you go uh, carly i was curious about what you think about uh sasha kaje's supergirl so we're going to be getting um some version of Supergirl in uh, the Flash movie with Ezra Miller. So what do you think about uh, her version of Supergirl from what we've seen so far, her suit? Um, what, you know, what are your hopes for her in the Flash movie? So do you have any thoughts about uh, Sasha, Sasha Kajay's Supergirl? The suit looks really cool. I mean, I'm glad that I'm glad that we've seen at least a little bit of it because unfortunately they keep filming out in public and we're getting really bad like paparazzi <laughs> press shots which never look good especially when it's you know people being filmed on wires before the cgi has like <laughs> erased everything and made it look nice um plus i feel like with the flash movie they're do aren't they doing the flashpoint storylines so they're bringing in uh different versions of characters and that's kind of how we're getting like ben affleck batman but also michael keaton batman um so i feel like you know this might not even be the dc the official like you know i guess the major universe supergirl this could be like an alternate universe supergirl too but i'm i mean i'm intrigued by it i think it's going to be cool to see supergirl in live action and it's a different I think it's also it's it's important. I think too for the movies to kind of differentiate enough from the TV show, but also it was super fun to see Ezra Miller and um, Grant Gustin's Flash on screen together. (laughs) So I'm like, well, maybe this will maybe this will open the door at some point for us to have a Sasha Melissa meeting at some point. Even though I don't know if Melissa is going to go back to Kara anytime soon, but there's a part of me that's like maybe a little bit. They did it on. They've done it before. So just like merging the two. Yeah. So, I mean, look, the multiverse is a concept that exists for us to be able to have all these different versions of characters that we love. And personally, I think it's just fun to see different actors with different takes on it. So more and also more Supergirl in live action is always a good thing. So. Yeah, and we're going to get a Supergirl and a Flash uh, team up again, which is nice because that was something that was very, uh, especially in the er- the early days of the Supergirl TV series, Car and Barry having a, a nice friendship and uh, teaming up several times together. I, I thought that was always a, a nice thing about uh, the Melissa Benoist, Grant Gustin 
uh, portrayal. So it's neat to see that they're they're actually going to have a little bit of that in the in the film. So uh, yeah, I'm I'm a little nervous about it. I don't know what's going to happen in this in this flash movie on so many levels. I'm a little nervous about it. Uh, I hope I'm not going to be ragey after it's over. Uh, but I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what they what they do with Supergirl and what what version of Supergirl is it going to be? Kara Zor-El? Is it going to be Linda Danvers? We don't we don't know. We don't know who a lot this of options. There's a lot of options. <laughs> uh, it, this could be the Matrix Supergirl. We don't know. This this could be the Peter <laughs> David version. Uh, we have no idea who this Supergirl is. So um, there's a lot of mystery still with that. So that's, that's kind of what I'm looking forward to is just seeing what the, the portrayal of her version of Supergirl is. All right. Well, uh, Carly, uh, before we let you go, is there anything else uh, you wanted to bring up with, with Supergirl? Uh, are you, you know, are you reading any of the comics? Uh, are you kind of, uh, you know, staying on top of <laughs> Supergirl news? Is there anything that you're, you're into these days? Um, the funny thing is I, I I'm so behind on comics, so I can't even, I can't <laughs> even say, um, I mean, I feel like anybody I'm, I'm look, I'm definitely looking forward to the flash movie just cause I think, I also think Sasha's haircut for Kara is really cute. I kind of like the whole like short little blonde Brown. I don't know. Again, it's a different style. It's fun. Um, I'm looking forward to the Batman. I'm looking forward to potentially other DC stuff. So it's always, that's always fun to see like, you know, different takes on, on things like that. But I feel like if anything, I haven't, I haven't paid as much attention to like the Arrowverse lately. And I'm like, I'm slacking. I finished Supergirl and I was kind of like, Maybe that's it for me for now. That's, that's, <laughs> that's a lot. Enough. That's a lot. You, you have to, have re- there's a recovery period, I think, uh, after mm-hmm. that. So, so it's totally fine to, to take a break. Uh, well, uh, I would like to recommend Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow to you. It's a, it's an eight issue story. It's a complete story. Uh, there's no random things that happen. It's all, you know, it is the story that it is. Um, and it has some of the most beautiful art I've seen in a comic book in a long time. So if you want to get back into Supergirl, highly recommend Tom King's uh, Supergirl one of tomorrow. Mm, Tom King. Tom King's yeah. good. I heard the new, um, the new Lois Lane comic is good too. I'll have to, re- I heard that one's oh, my husband, my husband was like, my husband was like, there's a new Lois Lane comic. I just feel like you would like it a lot. He's way more up on comics <laughs> than me. So he's always constantly trying to like, you know, suggest stuff but i heard the new the lowest lane one is good and I, I actually do like tom king a lot i feel like i like his um you know his batman catwoman stuff i remember one time he gave some interview where he talked about how he likes writing their romance because he loves love and because he's married or whatever and i was like i like that i like that <laughs> i like when creators are like willing to acknowledge that these characters have a long time relationship and they're not just you know friends or whatever or there are there or they're you know on again off again but they're off again because of the comic they need to be off again for the comic i'm just like just let them be together all the time i get it they can't be because it's comics and there's always different people writing them but <laughs> yeah i think that's a, a good way to go about it in my opinion for for the bat and the cat uh, i'm a big bat cat shipper as it were so uh so i think that's a good approach myself well, um, Carly, thank you so much for taking some time this week and, and joining us back on Supergirl Radio so that we can pick your brain about things. It's it's interesting. A lot of the things that you talked about and brought up were very similar to some of the things that we talked about on the podcast. So, uh, so it's interesting to hear uh, different people not having
anything had anything to do with our discussions, but having similar uh, similar questions and, and thoughts. So uh, it was good to pick your brain and uh, hear your take on it. Um, uh, so how can our listeners, uh, Supergirl Radio listeners and viewers, uh, keep up with what you're doing? Um, I am still on Twitter at my name. Uh, and then also on Instagram, but I don't use it a lot. Um, I'm, I'm terrible at Instagram these days. I mostly just stalk people. Um, and then I am also senior TV editor now over at Collider. So I'm reviewing a lot of fun TV shows and doing interviews and, um, I've got some fun stuff coming up. I'm reviewing Bridgerton and the new season of Outlander. And I basically am like taking advantage of my position to claim shows that I want (laughs) to. I'm basically like, we need these reviews for next month. And I'm going to, I'm, these are the shows I want. And, uh, so I'm my taking husband them. <laughs> is a huge Wheel of Time fan, and I was like, "No big deal," but like I know somebody who talks to the showrunner because <laughs> I saw your <laughs> your articles come out with like your interviews with the showrunner about Wheel of Time after the episodes, and I was like, "Oh, this is giving me so much clout." <laughs> yeah, I was I was really excited because um, uh, Wheel of Time. I I really enjoyed it. I reviewed it, and then um, they reached out to me and were like, "We want you to do. Can you do postmortems with the cast <laughs> and the showrunner?" And I was like. Yes. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> oh no. Oh man. But honestly, I mean, I don't. I can't say enough good things about the people that make the show. The cast is super lovely. Rafe is somebody. I, Rafe Judkins, the showrunner, is somebody that you can just tell how much love he has for those books. And he, like he talks about how he grew up reading them, like with his mom, and you know, they, it was it was a book series that like bonded them together. So. It's been a lot of fun to, I always, honestly, I think one of the, my favorite parts about doing the job is like getting to talk to people who make television and, and are involved in these projects. Cause I feel like they're just as excited about it as we are to watch it. So that's been a lot of fun. Well, if you ever get to talk to the, the showrunners of Supergirl and, and before, <laughs> before we do. Ask him about the lizard faces. Oh, <laughs> we, man. We need, we need an answer. First question, I promise. <laughs> Before we let you go, though, we're going to make some quick snap judgments because I wanted to do snap judgments with you because I always credit you with coming up with the name Snap Judgments. Uh, so, <laughs> so let's make a few snap judgments and uh, we'll let you go. In the game of snap judgments, each person is presented with two options but must only choose one. First instincts are recommended and and explanations are unnecessary. Okay, our first snap judgment is from Gina, who asks, which storyline did you wish they didn't do? Leviathan or the Children of Liberty? Am I going first? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, guess, I think, oh, okay. guess go first. Okay, uh, Leviathan. Yeah, I, I agree. I don't, I don't, I mean, the Leviathan thing, we didn't even find out who was the head of it. <laughs> Leviathan was cool in theory. Um, I really didn't like the the way they did the Children of Liberty, so this is kind of tough for me. But I would probably say I would probably say Leviathan though, because they didn't follow through with it. Let's put it this way: there's no wrong answer to this question. (laughs) There there is no wrong answer. I feel like at least I kind of knew what they were getting at with Leviathan. Like it was like here was like the the mark and they were like kind of over here but like with i mean with children of liberty but like with leviathan i have no clue like i don't know what they they were like i'm mad at technology it was a little bit like old man yells at cloud uh that season i was like i'm just not really sure you're mad at vr like what's going on 
<laughs> um, okay, so our second snap judgment is from Michaela. Which would you rather have as a Supergirl spinoff TV show? The Legion of Superheroes in the 31st century or an Alex and Kelly spinoff in which we get to see them raise Esme? I got so excited I hiccuped. Um, <laughs> I don't know where that came from, but... Um, <laughs> Legion of Superheroes. I like I like the idea of doing a show that far into the future because I feel like it's such a different landscape than the current CW Arrowverse show. So I'm all about the idea of doing a futuristic superhero show. I think Legions would be super badass. Yeah, I'm I'm surprised they didn't uh, try to do that. They had they already had Legionnaires at cast. I don't know why they they didn't spin that off, but. Uh, I would watch a Legion of Superheroes uh, TV show. I want to see Triplicate Girl and Bouncing Boy and Star Boy and Ultra Boy, all the all the all the boys, really, all the all the Ultra Boys and the Star Boys uh, and the uh, Matter Eater Lad. Um, so those are all a lot of quirky characters. They're so fun. You even have the Legion of Substitute uh, characters, like the the people who couldn't get into the Legion of Superheroes. <laughs> like the, the I, I forget what they're called. It's something like the a legion of substitute heroes or something. I forget what the, the technical <laughs> name is for that, but they're like the, the B list uh, legion right. of superheroes. You can introduce them. So that would be such a fun show. So I would pick the legion of superheroes. Oh yeah. The legion of superheroes. Definitely. I think that there's so much stuff that they could like pull that would be really fun and wacky. Um, that I think there's like just a good opportunity for them. So yeah, I think that would be fun to like go in the future and, yeah, N Nicole in the chat says, uh, tell me more about Triplicate Girl. Uh, I don't know a ton about a Triplicate Girl, uh, Nicole, but uh, this is a, a, a girl who is three versions. There's three of her. And then uh, at one point, I know uh, one of them dies. So she becomes Whoa. like duo damsel or something. Uh, it's actually really kind of sad that uh, Triplicate Girl loses one of her tri uh, triplicates. Uh, so uh, look that up. It's uh, very interesting. I think that's all. I think that's uh, that's all the snap judgments we have. Yeah. So just wanted to do a little snap judgment with Carly since uh, Carly is uh, the reason we call, we call them snap judgments, which was always such a clever name. When when Carly mentioned, I was like, that's it. That's what we have. That's that's <laughs> the name. So uh, thank you uh, for doing that. So we'll we'll wrap up snatch snap judgments and then I'll let you go. No judgments on your snap judgments. All right, Carly, thank you again for being with us and making snap judgments and uh, sharing all your, your Supergirl thoughts. And uh, we'll be sure to uh, check in on you every now and then and see how you're doing. But it sounds like you're doing great and uh, glad to hear that everything's going well. And uh, so thank you for uh, being with us. Yeah, it was so much fun. We'll have to do it again sometime. Maybe maybe talk about Supergirl and The Flash or something. Yeah. The Flash movie. We'll <laughs> <laughs> yeah, anytime you want to go talk about Supergirl, uh, feel free to reach out to us. Um, but uh, we hope you have a good rest of your uh, your day. And uh, we'll we'll kick you out now. Uh, okay. Gotta, gotta kick you out. But uh, thanks for being with us. Thank you. Thanks. All right, so we are going to kick Carly from the stream, and we still have uh, some feedback we need to get to, some Supergirl radio business nice. to attend to. All right. Uh, so just, uh, I think we have two emails. Is that, no, maybe three. Uh, so we've got some feedback. So Morgan, just I don't know if you've seen in the, uh, in the comments, in the live chat, uh, people, people are a little upset that it seems like we're, we're going to be short for this. This is episode. short? <laughs> 
It's an hour and a half, people. Yeah, it's already so, an hour and a half. We're so, not done. So, so, so people, people in the chat, Nicole says, uh, Rebecca and Morgan are doing a tight ninety for a bit. I'm sure we're going to get some extended episodes again. Uh, Mark says, uh, when these go short, I feel like we should be heading out for drinks. Short. <laughs> I like, I like that at the end of the the series, the episodes had ballooned out so large that like an hour and a half feels like a short. Like this is this is just like a little a little taste of supergirl radio (laughs) so i just wanted to uh let people know we're not we're not uh we're not ending just now we've got some feedback to get to some more don't worry we might be able to get closer to the two-hour mark like you like (laughs) (laughs) so there were some requests in the chat for longer episodes of supergirl radio well uh let's get to uh some emails we have an email from travis who writes quote Please forgive me. I've been just too busy with work and things, but I'm finally catching up on the podcast that wrapped up season six in the series. Listen today in the car on a two hour drive each way. <laughs> my delay my delay in listening does not correlate with my enthusiasm for your podcast, which is what I wanted to write to you about. I wanted to tell you that I've been a loyal listener since season two when I discovered your podcast and of course went back and caught up on the season one episodes once I discovered it. So with the TV series wrapped and the retrospective episodes, I was also thinking about how much I've enjoyed the podcast over the life of the series. I'm so glad there are still more episodes of the podcast, which I need to catch up on, and I really hope you'll both continue to keep the Kryptonian flame burning brightly. I'm excited about all the great Supergirl topics that can still be covered, such as the comics. I can't remember if Morgan ever finally saw the 1980 film or not. Hopefully. Uh, Yes, I did. Just just to let you know, uh, Morgan did uh, watch the 1984 uh, film starring Helen Slater, and we debated it. We did. We had a debate style episode where uh, we took pros and cons on that movie. I put together um, a, a nice little PowerPoint, if I remember right. It's one of the best PowerPoints I've ever seen in my life. It's so good. I felt really proud of it, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Travis, if you missed that episode, definitely go back and uh, listen or watch. You can watch it. It's a live stream. Uh, so you can see Morgan's beautiful PowerPoint. Uh, just Gorgeous. Just <laughs> hilarious. More, than, more than just beautifully done. Just so funny. So if you've missed that, definitely go make sure you uh, check out our Supergirl the movie debate because it's a... Uh, I don't know. I'm, maybe it's my bias, but I think it's one of our better episodes. And I'm not going to tell you who won the debate. Uh, no. So that'll be that'll be for you to discover. But yeah, Morgan did finally watch the uh, movie. Uh, Travis goes on to say, "Quote anyway. Thank you for all the love, dedication, diligence, and fun you have put into the series, and I hope it continues for years into the future. I would say until the 31st century, but somehow that just seems cruel. And you should probably be able to retire <laughs> sometime in the next millennium if you so choose." Unquote. It's very kind of you. That is very kind. <laughs> Maybe one day we'll retire from Supergirl Radio, but not this day. Um, so we'll we'll still be talking about Supergirl. We're, we'll, we're going to be talking about the comics, getting back into Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow. And if we have time, we'll we'll finish Rebirth someday. We are uh, going to. I believe in us. <laughs> we are going to get to it. And uh, we're going to be revisiting season one of Supergirl because Morgan was not around for some of those episodes. I wasn't. So, gotta uh, rewind it all the way back. <laughs> so Morgan's <laughs> get to gonna get to uh, share her thoughts. I'm I'm just gonna interview Morgan and find out what her thoughts were because everybody already 
has heard my thoughts on it. So but maybe some of your thoughts have changed with the passage of time and, and knowledge of what has come after. Possibly. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll have to see what happens with our Supergirl Radio re- Rewind, which is hard for me to say. Supergirl is Radio Rewind. So check out those episodes in the future. So uh, we've, we've got some cool stuff coming up. Uh, So Mara wrote in to say, just wanted to let you know that I really enjoy Supergirl Radio. It's fun and interesting companion to the show, and I'm so glad you are continuing even though the show has ended. Supergirl Radio is really the only reason I kept watching the show after season three. I'm still a little behind. I'm on season six, episode 14, and you guys are helping me slog my way through till the end. Uh, I wanted to share something fun. I know you both love the wacky side characters in the show and comics and help us listeners learn a lot about random folks like Cameron Chase and director bones so i was super excited when both showed up in the batwoman trade paperback i was reading i was like director bones i know all about him and his cyanide sweat (laughs) (laughs) that's that's i mean if we have given anything from this podcast it's that that's that's that sentence was able to be said (laughs) i know all about director bones and his cyanide sweat Uh, (laughs) mar goes on to say the book did not really explain anything about him so i would have had i would have been very confused if not for your deep analysis of the character i have attached an image of his first appearance in the book my favorite part is the tie (laughs) he's always uh looking sharp director always looking so sharp (laughs) (laughs) he always uh director bones uh, uh, you know always has a has a tie uh usually a cigar as well uh but he's always looking really nice director bones uh so we'll we'll uh upload that to our website and link it in the show notes for people who are not uh maybe watching the live stream and just listening to the audio podcast so you can see uh the image that uh Mara sent us uh but it's 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 nice to know that some of our listeners are are following director bones and reporting back uh, that they've seen <laughs> they've seen the bones director watch. bones appearance <laughs> uh so thank you for uh sending that in so that we can cuz I didn't know that so that's good to know uh Mara also wrote in saying quote i really liked your episode about pretty and pink i loved that movie when i was younger but i've not seen it in a while so it was fun to look back as you did your review i will always think of john crier as ducky and really enjoy that you guys call him ducky lex luther <laughs> that that was a, a more a morgan uh saying so <laughs> that's what, what stuck around for us Mara goes on to say, quote, you guys all also talked a little bit about the movie Some Kind of Wonderful. That was my favorite 80s teen movie. I watched it over and over. I don't think it has a Supergirl tie-in. It was just a really good movie. You should watch it even if you don't review it on the show. (laughs) I do, however, have an idea for a movie with a Supergirl tie-in that would be funny for you guys to review. And the movie is not another teen movie. It is a spoof movie from the early 2000s, and Kyler Lee is one of the leads. I actually saw this movie in the theater, and even though I don't remember much about it, it very likely could be a terrible movie, I do remember that the other lead is Captain America Chris Evans. And at one point, he is only wearing a whipped cream bikini, height of intellectual filmmaking, I know. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I was I was really into teen movies in college, uh, i.e. Varsity Blues, She's All That, etc. And this movie hits all the tropes, unquote. Uh, yeah, Varsity Blues, what a throwback. Uh, <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> I don't know how much of those kinds of movies we will do. Our policy on Supergirl Radio is to always have a connection to Supergirl. Uh, so we could possibly tie that into Kyler Lee, but we'll, we'll have to, we'll have to kind of 
uh, see what's going on with our schedule. So that that's something to consider, I guess. Put it so, in the back pocket there. So <laughs> I, sevens I, in a whipped cream bikini. <laughs> I mean, and Kyler, we obviously, of course. Yes, no, of course. That's some the priority really, there. really big reasons to watch that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Is not another teen movie. Is that a is that a Halloween? Is that a scary movie? I or is feel that just like not movie? another teen movie is basically like the teen movie version of scary movie. If that makes if that sentence makes any sense, but it's like basically like what scary movie did for like horror movies, like the the parody and the spoof, it's like that, but for teen movies. For like the she's all that genre. Yeah, exactly. And like the Varsity Blues and the with the I, other ones. Clueless, I was going to say, if it, if it was a horror movie, we could maybe do it for like Halloween. Could be for spooky season. But I can't remember exactly what that is. So we'll we'll consider it. I don't know how much we could start this trend <laughs> um, just because uh because if we do that, that opens up so many things and we have a lot of Supergirl to cover, but we will keep it on the back burner and consider it uh, for future episodes. If we have a, a way to work it in, we will definitely consider it. So thank you for writing in and uh, making that suggestion. All right. Well, I guess this is the point of the episode where we need to get into some Supergirl radio and some DC TV plugs so that you know uh, everything that we're uh, doing and who's involved. We're a little behind and uh, we need to update some of these podcasts, but that will be uh, coming soon. We'll have a, have to have another uh, contest. But for now, uh, this is how to keep up with us and also with the DC TV Podcast Network. If you would like to contact Supergirl Radio, you can post a comment on our website at supergirlradio.com. You can email us at supergirlradio at gmail.com. If you'd like to leave us a voicemail, you can call us at 678-718-7252. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram, all at Supergirl Radio. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, Podchaser, and Spotify. Where we also have a Spotify playlist that includes music featured on and inspired by the CW Supergirl TV series. We are listed on DC's fan page, which you can find at dccomics.com slash dc-fans. If you like what we do, we encourage you to give us a rating and write us a review on Apple Podcasts. If you enjoy our Supergirl radio live streams, make sure to subscribe to the DC TV Podcast YouTube channel and hit that notification bell to get notified when we go live and wired dc tv podcast also has a t public store so if you are in need of new dc tv related t-shirts tank tops sweatshirts onesies mugs notebooks pillows or stickers go to supergirlradio.com and click on the t public store link at the top of the page supergirl radio is part of the dc tv podcast network so if you also like the flash legends of tomorrow black lightning Titans, Doom Patrol, Batwoman, Stargirl, Superman and Lois, and the upcoming Green Lantern, Justice League Dark, and Strange Adventure shows, and DC TV After Dark. You can subscribe to the DC TV Podcast Mega Feed on Apple Podcasts. Follow at DC TV Podcasts on Twitter and like DCTV Podcasts on Facebook, or else. This has been a message from Hope, inhabiting the Flash Vessel, also known as New Rachel. And speaking of the DCTV Podcast Tea Public Store, as we were just, <laughs> uh, we have some Supergirl Radio-related merch. 
Yeah, we have a couple of designs in the T Public store. We need to update some things, maybe get some new designs in there. Uh, but for right now, uh, we have some Snap Judgments uh, merchandise if you want to pick that up. If, if you're needing something for uh, some warmth during this winter season, we've got a Snap Judgment uh, <laughs> sweatshirts and hoodies. <laughs> uh, you could also uh, make a cup of cocoa or some hot tea or some coffee if you'd like in a Snap Judgments mug, uh, which is really fun. I have one of those and I like to use it because... Uh, uh, Sarah Louver, who, who uh, drew that for us, uh, a.k.a. Comicer Girl, she really made Snapper Car just look the coolest. Uh, so I, I always love that design. So if you're if you're a big fan <laughs> of Snap Judgments and uh, you want to support Supergirl Radio in the DCTV Podcast T Public Store, uh, you can check the link on SupergirlRadio.com. That would be how to check that out. And keep your eyes peeled. We try to let people know when there's a sale, uh, but just keep your eyes peeled because Public will have sales every month. So uh, I definitely recommend uh, getting them when they are a little cheaper. Uh, so uh, keep your eye peeled for that. And we would like to thank our Legion of Super Sponsors for supporting Supergirl Radio through our Patreon. Uh, these people are Michael, Sam, Anne-Marie, Yvonne, Quinn, Nicola, Leslie, Abby, Armgard, Miriam, Donna, Nicole, Lizeth, Faith, Brian, and Ethan. So thank you to everyone who supports the Supergirl Radio Patreon. Uh, there's four ways to do that at uh, patreon.com slash supergirlradio. This is just a way to uh, get some bonus Supergirl radio. Every week you get your your free uh, hour and a half uh, tight 90 to two hour version of Supergirl radio. <laughs> uh, but uh, when you support the Supergirl radio Patreon, you can get a little uh, bonus uh, according to the uh, the the various um, monthly options that we have. So uh, sometimes you get a little uh, peek behind the curtain of how we record certain things, or you might get an extra uh, a lab cat experience. You might. Sometimes <laughs> that happens. Uh, and so uh, it's just a fun way to support the podcast and get a little extra uh, from Morgan and me. So if you're, if you're a big fan of the podcast, uh, we uh, certainly appreciate uh, everyone who supports the Patreon. And if you want to keep up with me, you can follow me on the uh, platform Vero True Social. If you're into that, it's actually my favorite social media platform. Uh, handles photography really well. And uh, it's just a place where I like to share what I've been watching and things I've been reading when I actually get to read. Uh, so that's a, a fun way to share those things. Uh, but if you're on Vero, I'm at Derby Kid. That's where I am. So you can follow me there. I'm also on Instagram at the Derby Kid. So if you want to check me out on Instagram, I try to take up a, a couple of pictures every now and then. I uh, recently went to the Alabama Shakespeare Festival and saw my favorite Shakespeare play, which is Macbeth. And it was wonderful. I'd never seen it actually performed before. I'd only read it. So that was really fun to actually get to see it in person. So I took a couple of pictures uh, there. So that was a lot of fun. And you can also check me out on my uh, personal YouTube channel at youtube.com slash ducknokprod. I'm taking a few weeks off of my <laughs> Batman v Superman reviews that I've been looking at, which is just going to prolong uh, this arduous project that I'm doing for <laughs> myself even further. So this this may become like a two-year project for me. I'm going to get through it eventually. Uh, but if you're interested in talking about film analysis and film criticism, uh, join me over at my Duck Milk Prod YouTube channel. Cool. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Mojotastic. You can also find me as a co-host on the Legends of Tomorrow podcast, which I believe will be 
back for the end of season seven, uh, which is crazy. It came and went very fast uh, next week. And you can also check me out on DC TV After Dark, which we are planning on doing again. Uh, <laughs> I in, thought it was in, coming. I thought it was coming. In the next couple of weeks. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. We, uh, <laughs> uh, I think we're going to be recording probably sometime in like early March. So you should expect if the, I always say the best way to know when a new episode is coming is like, just kind of like step outside and, and like, uh, like whisper to the wind, like after <laughs> dark question mark. <laughs> and, um, but definitely make sure that you're subscribed to the podcast feed because it's really, it, there's no rhyme or reason to the posting schedule. It just sort of appears. It's kind of like a present for everybody. Like, Hey, it's me. Uh, <laughs> so it will be coming um, sometime of Eventually. Well, I think uh, that is a good thing. I'm very excited about the DCTV After Dark uh, potential. Uh, so do, do you have a, a guest lined up for that? We are going to be talking to Andy uh, back oh. from the Flesh podcast. So cool. that should be fun. Uh, we're going to ask him all the uh, all the like the hot button issues. We're going to ask him for his hot takes. We're going to see what words he likes and doesn't like. So, <laughs> well, he's a good one to talk to about that kind of stuff because he has a lot of uh, thoughts about a lot of those shows. So he does. He does. <laughs> he's gonna he's gonna have a lot of thoughts about those shows, and we're going to be like, we've watched some of them, <laughs> uh, and it's gonna be <laughs> it's gonna be a fun time. <laughs> Well, that's an episode. I always look forward to any DC TV After Dark episode, but that's especially one that I will definitely be listening to because uh, I'm sure that will get uh, uh, get a little wild. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, versus my appearance, which was mostly tame. Uh, so uh, Andy will, I'm sure, have uh, a spark. I mean, to you him. had a you had a very shocking favorite curse word, if I remember right. Yeah, just I mean, people would be so shocked. <laughs> So shot. You'll have to. Everybody's gonna have to listen to that episode to hear what it was. But honestly, my jaw hit the floor. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to hype it up in a way where people are gonna be like, "What's wrong with them, really?" <laughs> yeah, and uh, with Legends, uh, are are they gonna like have the next season like in a week or two? <laughs> so is, is that usually how they roll? That's kind of a fun, exciting time for us because we don't even know we don't even know it's been renewed. Oh, um, yeah. So we have no idea if or when the next season will be. It will the next season be at all? Uh, is a wow. question. So they haven't. Yeah, they haven't officially renewed it. I can't imagine it'll it will be stacked back to back like it has it was this time because God knows that they haven't filmed anything, right? I they couldn't have. Uh, <laughs> They couldn't have. Uh, so we're going to get a much needed hiatus where we'll be able to do like fun hiatus episodes and things that are like a little bit, you know, more ambitious that we we've done. Like we did like the the last hiatus, we did like a queer representation pod round table and we're hoping to do fun stuff like that, like pilot pods and things. But uh, we honestly have no idea. We're hoping it gets renewed for season eight. It would be a real bummer if this was the last one. <laughs> we didn't find out until the end. So just that's it. <laughs> uh, well, uh, let the legendary ladies know that I have uh, uh, game night uh, ideas. Nice. We so, we love a good game night. <laughs> yeah. And since, since you're going to be recording with Sarah soon. Uh, 
yeah. include her in that. We'll have to have another game, <laughs> game night with them. <laughs> the last one was a lot of fun. Yeah, we uh we have some things that we could maybe do, and so uh make sure everybody's got their gray sweaters, and we'll we'll get back to doing <laughs> oh, that. Got it. All right. Well, uh, we tried to extend it out for those who wanted the two did hour our long <laughs> two hour long episode. Uh, but we'll we'll have to have some lengthy episodes later for for those who enjoy the 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 longer versions of Supergirl Radio. But until then, this is going to do it for this episode of Supergirl Radio. But until next time, I'm still. Rebecca Johnson. And I'm still Morgan Glennon. And we hope you enjoyed this reunion of Supergirl radio podcasters. McGurk! I love typing. Not mess with my Google Docs, Meeksy. Supergirl radio is going live every night of the week. How do you like it? It's becoming a human burrito, a plus or a minus. I don't know. It does seem snug. I mean, they say you are what you eat. Kira. I love that. So I do a podcast called Supergirl Radio, and one of our segments is Lena Luther, boardroom or ballroom. Because she looks like a boss in this coat. Nasty Luther, like a different Luther? It's not just Lena being mean? No. Helen Slater here. So fun to know that you're hosting a podcast called Supergirl Radio. 